Well, hello again and welcome to We March On with Stephen Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Steve Forbes, joined once again by Tom Deacon, comedian extraordinaire uh, for this pre-Christmas episode. Um, No football yet. There is a Lincoln game on Tuesday night as we're recording this on the same day. However, We'll already know the result by the time this podcast comes out. And then it's the return of the Premier League as Brighton travel to St Mary's on Boxing Day. But we thought we'd give you a little episode to see you through that festive period before then, uh, as there has been a little bit of Saints news post-World Cup. But before we get into that, let me welcome Tom H. Don't know what it stands for. Deacon. Did you not know? You don't know what it stands for? Is it Henry? No, it's Holmes as in Horatio. Oh. No, I've given it up. No, there was no quiz game here, mate. That's later on in the show. Um, Holmes, as in Sherlock. As in as a last name? Are you double-barreled? No, I'm not double-barreled, Steve. Because Holmes no. is an odd middle name. Normally, is it's it? like another first name. It'd be like Tom Paul Deacon or Tom James Deacon. But Well, my family didn't ask you for permission. Tom uh, Holmes before. Deacon. <laughs> Thomas Holmes Deacon. Yes. Fair enough. Six. Six letters in each name, and that makes me the devil. So welcome to the show. Uh, Great to be here, Um, and I'm very excited uh, that uh, Christmas is just around the corner, Steve. Are you you ready? Have you got all your presents and everything sorted? No, no, not at all. No, no, no. That's always always a last-minute affair. I I don't think it's Christmas unless you've panicked and rushed around a shop and sort of contemplated who you're buying the present for. Well, look, they'll just appreciate uh, a present. A, a present is better than no present. So I mean, you only have four you. shopping days to go, Tom. Have you not got anything yet? No. Save save the panic because if it's meant to be, the present will be there for that person. That's how I mm. see it. Mm. I I've I mean, massively lucked idea. out this year because yeah. uh, my girlfriend has done all the presents for her family. And all I have to contribute is half of the money and then write from Steve in the card as well. <laughs> so that's that's done. Um, in fact, she probably just wrote my name in the card. And then my girlfriend and I aren't doing presents this year because we've had a pretty expensive year with the the house and new car and holidays, etc. So um, So we decided we're not doing any presents. So I've massively lucked out. I've not been shopping for one single bit of Christmas anything. Not a, and because we're spending it with my um my girlfriend's folks up north this year, um I've not had to buy any food. I've not, I'm not doing any cooking. I've not bought a single bit of wrapping paper. Not bought a gift. Not bought a bit of tinsel. Didn't even put the tree up because she wanted to do that at the arse end of October for some reason. So I have done nothing. And I tell wow. you what, Tom, liberating. It's great. Wow. Living the dream. That's fantastic. You, I bet it feels like someone who doesn't really celebrate Christmas. That's great. Well, like, I wouldn't say I'm a particularly festive person. No. I don't know about you. I don't know if you are, but if someone says to me, are we up to this weekend? Do you want to go to Winter Wonderland and have a glass of mulled wine and walk around? No. I'd rather do anything else than that. Uh, is that just because, for me, the idea of going to Winter Wonderland just just feels expensive and time-consuming? And I don't know if that'll make me feel Christmassy or happy. It'll just make me annoyed with mankind uh does that, mm. does that so uh, uh, christmas for me festive is family gathered in one place then christmas has started yeah i think it obviously takes a, a a different turn as you become older 
into adulthood anyway, which obviously we are well into, Tom. Um, but you're, you're quite right. It's, it's a very much a commercial holiday and it is so much better to just, you know, make it about the kids. As long as they're sorted, they've got their presents, they're happy. It's all about spending time with the family, having a nice dinner, a couple of glasses of wine, good chat, um, rather than, you know, spending tons of money. Exactly. And also, I I feel like I'm a little bit, you know, when I was a lot younger, I was very excited about the prospect of what mistletoe could get you, if you see what I mean. <laughs> and now that is just a minefield for conversations that I don't need to have. So no mistletoe uh, when you get to uh, older. No, thank you. No need for it. Thank you. That's Can you please identify where and when it is going to be hung uh, at some point? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't. You know, I'd give in, myself in 2022, I wouldn't even know where to start with a conversation around that. <laughs> Leads to all sorts of problems. Uh, anyway, much happened with the rest of your week. No, uh, this this week has been, well. Actually, I, I tell a big fat juicy lie. Uh, after we had the brilliant Nigel Adkins on this podcast, uh, I did the F1 esports final. Uh, came down to the wire, and um, it was the last time ever that it will be held at that Gfinity Arena. Uh, that's that's where it's been since it's um, day dot. And uh, that's that's gone now, mate. So I feel... Oh, sad. Feel, yeah, a little bit sad, a little bit joyful that it will be somewhere other than there. But then again, will I be hosting it? So unknown. There's a lot of unknown, Steve, but, you know, things come and go and you have to accept them and just say, yep, that happened. Be grateful for what you have. And then panic and cry when no one can see you about the future <laughs> all right fair enough that's, that's quite dour um oh, what? I... No, no i was trying to be positive there i was basically saying look you have to be grateful for the things that you have done and we refer that to southampton you know no one knows what ralph's up to or what the future holds for ralph but you know we just have to just have to wait and see and wish him the best uh, he is a multi-millionaire so i'm sure it'd be absolutely fine oh he'll um... get bored he'll get idle he'll get idle you know thumbs and he'll be wanting to get back on that training pitch for another team didn't he, he say that he, he was going to retire after finishing at saints i, oh, I think man. he thought his, his stint at saints would be a bit longer but i'm sure he said he would, <laughs> that would be his last game and his last job sorry in football no you see i i reckon you get to that point where you're like i want to taste that success again and then he'll forget about all the sad times he's had and he'll just focus like rose tinted uh, spectacles he'll just be thinking about I just want to feel what it feels like to to beat Arsenal again and then he'll be back out fair enough um I had to venture to Dorset this week oh, or last man. week sorry what we on Tuesday so yeah last Thursday um had to leave the safety of Hampshire and head down that way kind of more Bournemouth territory really um mm. to Dorchester I was working um with the BBC for uh for a change don't this. often do any work with them um to host a uh, a share your story panel talk in a school there um to give the younger generation an inspiration about how to get in or what to expect from a, a career in the creative industry um which you know if i was to give a true reflection based on this podcast i'd say poor you that's what you'd be very very poor um so you know brace yourself for that um but no, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. And now uh, finished work for yeah. this week uh, to enjoy Christmas. So I'll be heading up north after the game. Uh, what are we now? Tuesday. Yeah, I keep forgetting what day it is. Game's tonight. Heading up Wednesday morning uh, for Christmas. Does this... But we'll be returning on the morning of Boxing Day. I've got a 7 a.m. drive uh, on Boxing Day the to come game. down for the Brighton game. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I'll be refreshed and raring to go. So I'll see you then um, at the stadium. Um, does this mean because of your connection with BBC now, you might be moving to BBC Radio Solent for any match day stuff with Southampton? Is that the dream, Steve? Did you tell the kids that that's your dream? No. What did no, you, I didn't. Did you tell them what your dreams were? It wasn't really about me. Oh. It wasn't really about me. It was about the panellists. Um, I did share like a little bit about what I do. But Tom, I've got to be honest. Um, Dreams change. And uh, as you said, it's just things come to an end and things move on. Now who's dour? Now who's dour? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, whatever opportunities may come my way in the future, I'm very open to hearing all proposals at this moment in time. I have no preference. I am, unless they call Tom a freelancer um, with very much the mindset of who will pay me the most money to do what I do. Um, right, before we... By the way, yeah. just before we move on, yeah. do you remember we had... Um, Southampton's B team and women's team announcer John Weeks on the podcast some months ago. Do I? What an episode that was. And if you haven't heard that, listen back. Yes, Steve. Yeah, well, I think he'll also be announcing the Lincoln game as well on Tuesday night. Well, I saw John the other day and I just was in general chit-chat conversation and just, he was like, oh, how's the podcast going? I heard the episode with Nigel. So I asked him, oh, just, just for some, you know, feedback it's always good to have feedback regardless of whether it's positive or negative just constructive in some form yeah uh what do you think of the, of the pod are, are you enjoying it and he went yeah it's good but maybe if you could guys could be a bit more concise and i was like oh what do you mean he was like, you waffle on quite a lot about irrelevant things um so we probably have done that now for about a good 10 minutes so it probably is time to uh to go into the saints chat wouldn't you say Mm, I'll be concise here. D1, John Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do accept any feedback. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, tell us if you are enjoying or maybe not enjoying the pod um, at We March On Pod on all the social media platforms, or you can send us an email privately to We March On Pod at gmail.com. So without further ado, John Weeks, we'll go straight into the Saints chat this week. Right, Tom, there has been a fair amount of news, considering there's not been uh, football action um, for Southampton, at least in a competitive manner anyway, since the World Cup's been on. Probably the one of the biggest talking points is the fact that Matt Crocker, uh, the director of football, is leaving at the end of the season. His second stint with the Saints, but ending slightly prematurely. Yeah, very um, interesting this. Um, I think more details will come about from it. He was the ex-academy manager for about seven years um, and uh, then went on to the head of development teams for the Football Association and then came back. And I think as a director of football operations at Southampton, I think our new owners have assessed kind of like what Nathan Jones has done. He's been evaluating the squad and maybe it's time for Matt Crocker uh, to move on. But he's going to stick around to the end of the season, isn't he? Yeah, indeed. But I mean, he's... He's got some, you know, credit in the game. He was he was there between 2006 and 2013 as academy manager. And, and I mean, he's he's seen the likes of James Wall-Prowse come through, Luke Shaw come through. Um, but apparently he's, he wants to pursue a, a new challenge, whether mm. that's just, you know, diplomatic chat for um, you are more of Ralph's guy and, and we want a new a new vision now. But yeah, it seems a bit strange. Seems like there's, there's a few of the hierarchy departing. Obviously all the... 
all the stuff around the um the academy head can't remember his name now it escapes me mm. who um said basically he was gonna yeah that was it joe shields he says he was gonna bounce and, and go to chelsea or whatever um so yeah it's a bit a bit of all change really ahead of next season potentially yeah, but, but this is this is to be ex- expected isn't it you know a new ownership comes in and they'll say you can even go I, I kind of the example i remember is david moyes remember when he went to man united from everton mm. and everyone was like just stick with a winning mentality no no all out completely out backroom staff, everyone out. I'm going to do it my way. And I think sports Republic have decided, let's see how things go. Let's assess. Um, and I think that's good management. Um, you don't change everything at once. And I think the, Matt Crocker is, is obviously part of that. If, if they want to go in that new direction, so be it, then that's, then that's what they'll do. Um, you mentioned about JWP. That wasn't his role as, as you know, as the director to, Essentially, you're just the, the guy at the top. But when he had a more hands-on role, maybe that's what he wants to go back to is, is develop players. But then you're not going to get paid as much. So you want to be a sports mm. director somewhere else. Um, I think it's all good, though. I mean, it sounds as if it's mutual and, and kind of like, all right, mate, well, that's the end of you, uh, your contract. I'm going to go and do another challenge. You do that, Matt. It's kind of, it's kind of that vibe. But um, will he be a loss? I don't think we'd see that until maybe a year on. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the subject of of recruitment or people in charge of recruitment, a story has come out and and the club have released a a statement um, that Southampton have been hit with a £10,000 fine and a six-month suspended transfer ban for the recruitment of an academy player. Mm. Mm. Naughty, naughty. But what I like about the story, you never hear Saints doing this, do you? You always hear the big clubs like Chelsea, United, Liverpool tapping up young talent. And now Saints are out there just getting involved and then getting a £10,000 fine. It's like... That's... But this is the thing. This this must happen all the time, which is, you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't really seem something that's um, not prevalent in football. I mean, although tapping up is, I don't know if it's illegal. I think it is, but certainly heavily frowned upon. Um, it still, it has to happen yeah. constantly before before players move. Obviously, this is a, a very young stage at an academy level. Um, the, like I said, the club did release a statement uh, essentially saying that they had all the correct dialogue and, and under their view, they've done nothing wrong. However, the Premier League has taken uh, an opposite view to that. They've challenged the findings um, and obviously they, they've now been hit with this this fine. £10,000, probably a bit of a drop in the ocean, really. I don't really, I don't know whose pocket that's supposed to hit. Um, but the six-month ban could be uh could affect them but that is suspended for 12 months so kind of like when if you you're a bit naughty you're not quite bad enough to go to prison um so you're given a a suspended jail term so as long as you don't do anything bad in the next year you're all right you can still you can still recruit players i don't think it's the 10,000 pounds that will hurt the southampton academy the most it will be the fact that they can't go out and uh quote unquote tap up any other future players in the right way um and that's what it is. I mean, Southampton have to compete. We've spoken about it before. They have to compete on a level. They don't have the money, but what they can do is develop young players to to go on and, and hopefully break into the first team or to be sold to a championship or League One, League Two team. And that's how they, they make money. So I think this could hit them quite hard, actually, um, because we know how strong the academy is. Yeah, definitely. Um, some more bits to touch on, really, is is there has been football... Um, but not football that fans could watch, at least. A behind-closed-doors friendly against Bournemouth, which Southampton won 
2-0. Um, yeah. Maybe unli- unlikely scorers uh, in the form of Theo Walcott and Sekou Mara. Right. I've been saying this for a while, Steve. Um, if it's not Don Ballard, it's get Theo Walcott and Seiko Mara up front. I mean, Mara scored four one match alongside Theo when he scored a hat-trick. So, listen, you've heard it here first. That is the winning partnership, if ever I've heard it. But how can Theo put them away when there's no fans watching and the last couple of times he's had a run out at St Mary's, he might as well not have been on the pitch? Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lack of confidence. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a grower, not a shower. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I've got no idea. Uh, it, it, we need strikers that are confident in front of the 30,000 Southampton strong fans and I'm minus in the away fans there. So, yeah, it is odd, isn't it? They seem to be able to score when it doesn't matter and then can't when we need them most. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, this this period of time when the World Cup's been on, Nathan Jones um, has, has had his, or ha- sorry, had enough time to, you know, unite this squad, implement his own philosophy, get them singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, as I said, I think in a, in a previous episode when I met the captain, James Will Prowse in the Barbers, um, he said... Wasn't that a meeting? You know, look- Didn't you organise that meeting? Steve, that was certainly not. That was no. that was an exclusive for WMO that you booked that <laughs> meeting in to discuss the real issues uh, in the World Cup and what he would be up it to. It certainly was an exclusive. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he said he was looking forward to obviously that period of time, you know, to to really get embedded with with the new style and stuff under the coach. Um, Nathan Jones has said that he is taking the Carabao Cup seriously because winning breeds confidence. Um, like it. Obviously, a win against Bournemouth uh, behind cl- behind closed doors uh, won't hinder that at all. But we do want to see, you know, a really good game on Tuesday night. I don't know how full strength it's going to be. The likes of Tino Liveramento and Juan Larios um, aren't fit enough yet to feature. I'm not sure how many young players will get into the squad. Maybe Nathan Jones will go, you know what? These players have been working hard while the World Cup's been been on. Um, I'm going to give almost a first-team run out and absolutely try and demolish Lincoln, which I'm sure the fans would love to see, considering the last time out in the League Cup in, in the third round, we had to go all the way to penalties mm. to seal progression to the next round. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we see a, a good spectacle yeah. at St Mary's on Tuesday night. Well, I'd like to share something with our listeners, our lovely, lovely listeners. Um, Steve uh, and I are going to the game. You will be working and I will be watching you mm-hmm. work. Um, and I'm very excited about this partnership um, that is going to unfold tonight. I'm going to be feeling like a little cheeky watcher in the background, uh, trying not to put Steve off in any way, shape or form. But the game, I have the same sentiments. I, I would like Nathan to bat out the strongest 11 we have and get some minutes um, because they haven't had too much other than preseason. This is competitive football. Good, go out uh, and then get ready for the Brighton game where it really matters. Because 19th in the table is not where I want to be as a Saints fan. Yeah, full disclosure, I haven't actually cleared it with management. So I'll try and what? just sneak you in under my coat um, when we try and get through security. My pass works on most doors. So as long as I can kind of get you through unseen and then up to the relevant place, I think I think we're okay. okay. I didn't know any of this, but uh, yeah. All right. Okay. I like it. I like a, a travel down to Southampton for nothing. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. No, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Just act like you're a VIP at the bo- in the box section. No. Just wander into a random box and be like, I, I, I belong here. Okay. I can't do arrogant, but I will try my best. You, what? 
What? It's new to me. Outrageous. Um, anyway, Tom, uh, enough of the Saints chat for this week um, because, you know, we're not just a Saints podcast, are we? Um, Hang on. The World Cup has been on. Are you worried about John Weeks uh, saying that we're waffling on? Because I was going to say... This is this is 100% why I'm being so concise because oh. I'm hoping to get his approval later. Okay, and that is, that's why we do it, um, for his approval. I will say this on Nathan Jones. He has said that there's going to be a, um, a budget for buying players in January. Um, so that's that's good. He's been evaluating the squad and money will be there to spend in January. Now, I don't know. I think we can all agree where we need to spend that money um, on maybe a goal scorer. Um, but um, it will be interesting. to. Would see. you put the whole budget on that? Or do you think it should be how many players would you like to see come in? Or would you just go, just go and get another Ricky Lambert? Uh, well, does that exist? Um, does the beetroot farmer exist out there? Maybe we should just go and scout at beetroot factories up and down the country to find the next uh, Ricky Lambert. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think a striker is essential. They keep talking about Ryan Fraser from Newcastle, which I, which annoys me. I, mm. I, 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 that's not a goal scorer right there, but another squad player, brilliant. Maybe, maybe there's someone uh, from Nathan Jones' uh, previous team, Luton, that he would like to bring through. I don't know, just anyone, just give Nathan a chance to to bring in someone that he wants as part of that squad and, and see what happens. But apparently he tried to sign in the past uh, Stewie Armstrong, Joe Rebo and Tino Liveramento. I don't know at what stages in their career, but apparently mm. he did that. And here's a little brilliant fact. Uh, he played with Alex McCarthy at Yeovil. So they actually played together. Um, so there we go. Um, what does that mean? It means nothing. Let's see how the Lincoln game goes and then Brighton and then January Let's get amongst it and let's sign a striker. It might not mean anything, but it is interesting nonetheless. Now, we were treated to an absolute spectacle of football at the World Cup on Sunday, the final between Argentina and France. Tom, was it the greatest football match you have ever witnessed? Do you know what? I'm going to level with you, Steve. Um, I watched very little of it. Um, I didn't get amongst the the fans watching it. I was actually watching some rugby at the time. Uh, a Christmas present that I said I hadn't bought for anybody was uh, for my dad. I took him to watch Quinns versus Racing 92. The reason being, I've been doing some work for BT Sport around rugby. And so I thought, you know what? I am going to take my dad to that game. And I watched it over the shoulder uh, of the person next to me. So I watched highlights of it. And what a goal from Mbappe. His second was just phenomenal. But um, no, I wasn't really hyped about it. Well done to Messi. Uh, boo-hoo, France. Um, yeah, I think the, the, right, the right team won. What did you make of it? I thought it was magnificent. For, for France to basically not have had a kick for 80 minutes, then equalise, then go to extra time, then Argentina take the lead, then France equalise, then France could have won it with almost the last kick of the game. And then to penalties and then all the shithousery from Emmy Martinez. The game had everything. Other than a red card, the game had everything. Um, I thought it was probably the best final I have ever watched. Um, I was so en- engrossed and engaged with it. Absolutely loved it. Obviously, fairy tale ending for, for Lionel Messi in terms of putting a cherry on the top of his career cake. Um, He's better than Ronaldo now, mate. Me, better than Ronaldo. For me, it ends the debate personally, because Messi turned up to the tournament and Ronaldo, unfortunately, um, kind of made it all about him in a negative fashion. Um, And almost in a way, without going too deep onto the matter, 
I feel that he's kind of tarnished his career in the space of two months, mm. um, purely for, for how he's left Manchester United and then also n- not really performing for Portugal and then throwing a hissy fit when the coach benched him. Then the team went and won 6-1. So it's, um, I think, you know, maybe the deserved team won at the end of the day. Obviously, it's um, it was Messi's tournament. It would have been interesting to see how France would have performed had many of their first team players actually made the World Cup. The likes of Benzema was injured, Pogba injured, Christopher and Kunku injured. So they couldn't actually, you know, participate. Um, however, they still did excellently to reach the final and make a great contest of it towards the end of the second half. Some conspiracy theories floating around because obviously we know the World Cup was held in Qatar. Now people are saying look at the refereeing decisions in some of the key games. We we heard after the Portugal match against Morocco that um, Pepe and Bruno Fernandes said, we might as well just give Argentina the trophy. Um, they felt decisions went against them to try and make essentially the next opponents or potentially their final opponents easier uh, so Lionel Messi could win. We look at who owns Paris Saint-Germain, mm. the Qataris, who are the poster boys for PSG, Messi and Mbappe, who are the two key figures in the final, Messi and Mbappe. It all kind of worked out very conveniently um, for the World Cup. So a lot of people thinking mm, this maybe not been as as clean cut as we thought it was going to be. Not that anyone thought that. Um, no. I, do, and, do, do, and you really, a, do you really? Well, first of all, when you said about Ronaldo going to, well, he's now going to a Saudi Arabian team to to earn the dollar. Potentially. Potentially. Uh, thank you. Uh, potentially going there. I think that would be, that would really tarnish his career for me. I mean, fair enough. As an employee of anyone, we're seeing loads of strikes up and down the country. Take the money when you can. However, you look at Lionel Messi and you're like, well, he's 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 still performing at the highest level and seems like a really, really good teammate to have around. Um, and as for the conspiracy, no, I don't. I don't buy it. I, I think you can read a lot into it, but no. I, I don't, I just didn't like the football actually uh, at the World Cup. I know that's not a point that we're trying to uh, lead towards, but didn't particularly like the football. You know, the colour of it. I, I thought, I oh, oh, the actual football yeah. itself. I thought you just meant the, the, the games, but <laughs> no. Yeah, the, why not? It's kind of, it was a kind of gold cup. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit like, why are we playing with this? It reminded me back of like 2006, the German World Cup. I was like, all right. But um, I don't believe there was any conspiracy. It was a fantastic game. I've watched the highlights back. It had everything. It will go down as that World Cup that that lives long. And and I think if there was any debate about the Qatar World Cup and being held there, to have a final like that is just that's what we want to see every single World Cup. Yeah. What did you make? I don't know if you saw it, but what did you make of um, Messi wearing that um, bespoke black robe to lift the trophy that the uh, <laughs> the Sheikh of Qatar or whatever he's called? Um, gave him just before he had to go and lift it with his teammates. I felt it slightly tarnished the photo. If you had the whole team in there, yeah. their white and blue stripes, and then Messi just holding holding up his trophy in a black and gold robe. It was like he sort of uh, turned up a bit late. Like, what are we doing it now? Oh, sorry, guys, I hadn't changed. Um, no, that's fine. No, that's fine. We're doing this. Um, uh, very odd. But I did like the fact that Messi uh, pied Salt Bay. I mean, what was he doing there? Uh, the numpty. Oh. Um, absolute numpty. Yeah. So so I, the, I think for Lionel Messi to get on board with with the, the wearing the robe, Odd, but at the same time, it just goes to show is is he will get involved in th- certain things he believes in, and then a picture with Salt Bay, do one, will you, mate? Uh, so I, I love him even more for that, and the fact that when they re- landed back in Argentina with the plane, Messi's face on the wing of it, they get a national holiday now. Argentina, it's it. Look, you can't you can't be unhappy 
that 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 Argentina won it. It's it's great to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose just lastly on the World Cup, um, as an Englishman, Tom, uh, what do you make of Gareth Southgate's decision now to stick on until at least the end of Euro 2024? Were you you disappointed by England's campaign? Nathan Jones has said that he thinks that James Ward-Prowse still has a future with the national team. Maybe not if Gareth Southgate's picking the squad because we know that he doesn't pick on form. So what what's your opinion on that? It's a tough one, isn't it? I, I, as for Nathan Jones saying that JWP has still got a future, I think James Ward-Prowse does. Um, he might get called up for qualifiers, but is that what James really wants? I, you know, he didn't get to go to a Euros, didn't get to go to a World Cup final. You're kind of a bit, you know, sad for him. Um, but he's not going to retire. Any opportunity to play for your country, he'll be very happy for. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, to what to what extent, I don't know. But as for Gareth keeping the managerial um, position on, he's got a contract and he deserves it. I would have probably liked to have seen someone come in with a bit more of a ruthless streak. I don't know who that is, but he's sticking around. You know me. I said this with uh, Ralph Hasenhutl. You know, if he's the manager, I get behind it and and support that that guy. I know I've sat massively on the fence there, but uh, I, I I like it. I like to see England look like a happy camp, happy players. We just haven't been able to get across the line, and I don't know if that's Gareth or the players. But so so yeah, I'm a bit un, 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 unsure about that. All right, well, we'll take a break now so you can pull the splinters out of your ass. <laughs> right, Tom, it is uh, approaching the end of the episode. Not long to go before we depart for our, our festive break. We are due one. You know, we've worked hard this season so far. Um, 20th episode. So, you know, we've we've made it to the uh, the halfway point, as it were. But... I thought, well, we shared that we should maybe do a, a Christmas game or something slightly festive. Um, you've come up with a game because the best I could suggest was let's do a back and forth of footballer or Saints player names with uh, Christmassy themes or changing the name slightly. Um, it probably would have taken a lot of effort, more than we were willing to put in. And the best I could come up with was Matt Latinsilier. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, that's that's cracking, mate. How long did it take you to think of that one? Four seconds, and then I couldn't think of any others. Okay, um, Francis Borbelnali. Okay, all right. I I'm glad we're not doing the game, but at the same time, I I quite like that. You just off the top of your head, just like that. Um. Yeah, I, I genuinely can't think of any others. Marion Party has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so uh based on that um i came up with a little game to play uh with you steve now um because i have all of the chips i have all of the cards it's just going to be you playing mm. but are you ready to play steve higher or lower christmas edition thank you explosion um very simply you can go with appearances or you can go with goals. I will give you a Southampton FC player, maybe current, maybe past player. And you then have to tell me higher or lower. And we can start with any of the players uh, numbered one, two, ten. You can choose a player and then we'll start from there. Ooh. Three. Okay, we're going in with Taha El Kalej. Fantastic player. Would you like appearances? 
or goals to start with? Appearances. Okay. Steve, Taha El Kalej, based on the Premier League website, made 58 appearances in the Premier League for Southampton. Your next player up is Wayne Bridge. Oh, higher. Correct. Wayne Bridge made 152 appearances for Southampton in the Premier League. Want to hazard a guess on how many goals he scored? No. Wayne, we might Wayne do Bridge. two rounds. Oh, we okay. might do two okay. rounds. Right. Okay. Moving on up. Kelvin Davis. Higher or lower? Than Wayne Bridge. Oh, I'm trying to think of the time spent in the Premier League. Oh, let's go higher. I'm afraid to say, Steve, ah. I've rumbled you. Uh, Kelvin Davis made 20 appearances in the Premier of League course, for Southampton. Yeah. It's a good one, Probably though. The lower league days, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. I wasn't. I just wasn't sure on that one. Very, very like silly, actually, because it's not even close. It's not like, oh, we only made 130, 20 to 150. It's kind of embarrassing, that answer. <laughs> but it's a good game. All right, Steve, stepping up again. We start with Nathan Teller. Appearances or goals in the Premier League for Southampton? Goals. Okay. Nathan Teller has scored one goal in the English Premier League. We move to Will Smallbone, higher or lower? Oh, you know what? I don't think Will scored any in the Premier so League. I might be completely answer, wrong. The answer for that would be either higher or lower then. You know what? I'm just going to say lower. You are correct. 16 yes. appearances in the Premier League for Will Smallbone. Okay. So, higher or lower, Michael Oberfemi. Oh, he scored more than one. Yeah, so higher. Correct. He has scored four goals in the Premier League. Moving on up. Not high scorers here, you bit. No, it doesn't have to be. Works. It's fun for the game. Moving <laughs> on from Michael Oberfemi, 32 appearances in the Premier League. We move on to Jan Bednarak. Of bearing in mind that Michael Oberfemi has scored four Premier League goals, Jan Bednarak scored more or less, i.e. higher or lower. I'm... I'm sure Bednarek has scored more than four. He's definitely scored more than four headers. I'm sure it's higher. That is correct. Seven goals in the Premier League. We move on to Jack Stevens. At some point, the centre-back partnership. Oh. oh do you know what? The, or lower. This is a toughie. Goals. This is a toughie. I think it's lower. That is correct. Jack Stevens yes. has scored four. Premier League goal. We move on now. <laughs> it's a bit obvious this one. Kevin <laughs> Phillips, higher or lower than four goals Ooh. for Southampton. That's a very tough, tough call, this one. Um, There's probably only a couple of hundred in it. Um, I'm going to go higher. Correct. Kevin Phillips has scored 22 Premier League goals. The question is, Marion Pahar's has he scored more Premier League goals than Kevin Phillips, higher or lower? Oh, yeah, I forgot Phillips played for a long time at Sunderland as well. Um, what was it, 22? Correct. Ah, uh, lower. 
Incorrect, Steve. You are out of the game. Marion Pahars in 129 appearances in the Premier League scored 42 Premier League goals. Ah. We end on Marion Pahars and what a way to end. An absolute legend of the game. Um, quick question though. In terms of Premier mm. League appearances, did Matt Latiss have higher or lower than Franny Benali? Just a quick little question there for you. Prem lower. Matt Latiss had 270 Premier League appearances and Franny Benali had 243. Ah. So, yeah, I think I thought you said uh, lower, so I would have given you that uh, point for Franny Benali. But we can listen back to this podcast. Steve, um, well done for playing a little bit higher or lower. You got quite far in, in those ones. I did all right, to be fair. I mean, don't get me wrong. When when you've got to go higher than one, it's uh, <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier. Um, hey, but no... But- but it got tricky with Jan Bednarak and uh, and Jack Stevens because you know there's cup goals that we're not taking into account. We remember cup goals and we're thinking, is that the? Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly totally. enjoyed doing that research. That was good. And I actually thought Kevin Phillips would have scored more than just twenty two. Yeah, he was only at the club for two seasons. But then, I th- and then I forgot. Yeah, he was in red and white somewhere else, and obviously a bit a slight journeyman in his in his career. Um, but no, excellent game, Tom. Good research and work that's gone into that and a lovely way to end the podcast as well because we, what we love around Christmas is fun and games around the dark. You pull a cracker, don't you? And you get the joke or the game out or you want to play charades after a few sherries following Christmas dinner. So what a lovely way to end the podcast for our Christmas edition before we, we head off to spend the festive period with our families. Oh, thanks, Steve. I, I, I really, you're making me well up. I also want to tell everybody how much you had a big cheeky smile on your face playing along with that game. That was genuine enthusiasm there. So, uh, listen, thank you very much for everybody listening. Uh, thank you to you, Steve. Uh, we'll be back after the Christmas break, won't we? We certainly will. Yep, the return of the Premier League will undoubtedly give us way more stuff to talk about. Um, Brighton are the visitors on Boxing Day as we've mentioned before that it is Lincoln City in the Carabao Cup fourth round I'll be working Tom will be watching so we can discuss that in the next episode hopefully you know fingers crossed Saints make it through to the quarterfinals Um, a nice cup run would be good this season and uh, and then the return of the Premier League hopefully get things back on track and we won't be discussing potential relegation come March. Steve, well, listen, everybody listening, have a very festive period, a.k.a. a massive Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you uh, very shortly. Saints Brass, play us out. (laughs) 